Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 7th of November. A Sri Lankan cricketer will face court in Sydney today after being charged with the alleged sexual assault of a woman while he was in Australia playing in the T20 World Cup. Police arrested 31-year-old Donushka Gunathalaka at his cricket team's hotel in Sydney CBD in the early hours of yesterday morning. Detectives say he met a 29-year-old woman for a date on Wednesday last week and it's alleged he assaulted her later that night. New South Wales Police Superintendent Jane Doherty said the pair allegedly met through a dating app. They communicated via various platforms including text, voice and video chat. Police will allege that whilst they were in the home, the male assaulted the female a number of times whilst performing sexual acts upon her. The accused has been refused bail with the rest of his cricket team flying home yesterday. Investigations are underway after police found the body of another child in a pond in Canberra. The eight-year-old boy's body was discovered in the city's north yesterday morning after the bodies of the child's mother and brother were found on Saturday. Police do not believe anyone else was involved in the incident and a report is now being prepared for the coroner. Meantime, police have discovered a second body in floodwaters in New South Wales. Divers found the man's body in a creek near Burrawa, south of Sydney, yesterday, three days after another man's body was found. They're yet to be formally identified, but are believed to be the bodies of two Sydney fathers swept away by floodwaters last week. Meantime, there are ongoing concerns this morning for communities across the central west of New South Wales after widespread floods. The Lachlan River in Forbes peaked at 10.67 metres, just shy of the record seen in the floods in 1952. But now there are fears for other communities downstream. Greg Nash from the SES says the weather is predicted to clear up this week, but the danger is not over, warning residents need to remain vigilant. There is still a chance of some thunderstorms around in some areas uh, and we have seen over the last couple of weeks that given the ground is so saturated that a short intense storm can actually cause flash flooding. To Victoria now, an incredible escape for a young couple and their eight-month-old baby overnight after an alleged drunk driver ploughed through their home east of Melbourne. Meantime, in WA, a trail of destruction has been left behind after a driver allegedly smashed their car into two properties and then landed on two other vehicles in the state south. Our reporter Alicia McFarlane has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. A trail of destruction has been left in Albany after the sedan smashed through a fence, veranda and front wall before landing on two cars early yesterday morning. The driver was surprisingly uninjured, able to free himself from the car, which was heavily crushed from the incident. It's a miracle no neighbours were hurt either as a piece of timber flew through the wall of a woman next door, just metres from where she was sleeping. Debris was also seen as far as 200 metres down the street, so it was quite a clean-up. A police investigation investigation into why this crash happened continues. It's just three weeks until Victorians go to the polls in the state election, with the minor parties renewing their push for major reforms on government transparency. The plan, led by Darren Hinch's Justice Party, would see cabinet documents, which are currently kept secret for 10 years, made public within 30 days. Our reporter James Lake in Melbourne says it comes as the state government continues to be plagued by allegations of secrecy. 
Tash, a lot of decisions have been made in Victoria over the past few years behind closed doors in secret cabinet meetings with little transparency. That has eroded a lot of trust in the government led by Dan Andrews during the pandemic. This proposed change around cabinet documents being kept secret would actually follow a similar move from Queensland. There, cabinet documents used to be sealed for 30 years before they were open to public scrutiny long after any decision makers had left Parliament. Now, it's hoped that this proposed change could help improve trust in the next Victorian government, as well as improve the integrity of politicians, knowing their discussions would be made public within weeks. Overseas now and the United Nations Climate Summit is now underway in Egypt, with Australia set to launch a bid to host the 2026 meeting for the first time. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese won't be attending the COP27 in person, but is sending Federal Climate Change and Energy Minister Chris Bowen. United Nations Climate Chief Simon Steele has told Sky News we're facing serious climate problems on every front. I don't think there's ever been a geopolitical environment as tense and as divisive as we have now as we enter this COP. Meantime, the UN has written to billionaire Elon Musk raising concerns about Twitter's management. The new owner of the social media giant sacked thousands of Twitter's international workforce over the weekend, including the entire human rights team. The UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights says he is now concerned about Twitter's role in our digital public sphere. Now let's check the latest news in business and finance. We're doing this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Good morning, Peter. Now, Donald Trump, he could be back as US president, and that's set to have a major influence on our stock market. That's right. Wednesday brings the US midterm elections and the Donald Trump-inspired Republican Party is trying to take Congress, rendering President Joe Biden a lame duck leader for the next two years. The result in this poll will take US stocks up or down. And right now, no one can be certain what Wall Street thinks about a possible comeback for Donald Trump. Yeah, going to be very interesting times ahead, Peter. And stocks are also set to surge today on China, set to give up on its zero COVID restrictions. Yeah, on Friday, the US received a jobs report that showed a rise in unemployment to 3.7%, but the biggest influence on stocks was the news that China would ease COVID restrictions, and this sent stock prices higher with commodities such as iron ore sparking, which is great news for the likes of BHP and Rio Tinto. It also sent the dollar up to 64.7 US cents, and our stock market should surge today. And gosh, Peter, the property market's certainly hit and miss. You're seeing great results in some areas, other areas, terrible results. But now auction clearance rates are at pre-rate rise levels. Yeah, the SMH says auction clearance rates have improved to levels last seen before interest rates began to rise as sellers reduced their expectations to get deals done. And agents report that buyers are also returning to the market after the initial shock of seven interest rate rises. Now, this follows Sydney and Melbourne having the fastest ever house price falls in the September quarter of 5.2 and 4.3% respectively. But the comeback of buyers might stop overall prices falling by 25 to 30%, which have been predicted by some experts. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Sport now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. Aaron Finch is weighing up his future after Australia crashed out of the T20 World Cup. 
Yes, good morning, Tash. And unfortunately, he was watching from the sidelines in that final group game against Afghanistan because of a hamstring injury. There's been a lot of talk about his future, not just leading into this World Cup and during it, but uh, before it as well. But he's certainly not in a rush to make a call as to whether he wants to play on. Uh, in fact, he will make a decision after this summer. No, I'm not going to retire. Not just yet. Play Big Bash and see where we sit after that. But I'm still enjoying playing cricket, playing T20. So if he hits some form at uh, the BBL, who knows, Aaron Finch might decide to play on for his country. Now, the T20 World Cup semis are set, as we said. Uh, Australia not there, but India locked in a showdown with England after crushing Zimbabwe by 71 runs in front of 82,000 at the MCG last night, while Pakistan faced New Zealand in the other semi. The Netherlands yesterday pulled off one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history, beating South Africa by 13 runs to send them packing from the tournament. It continues a history of white ball disasters for South Africa, and Aussie cricket great Brad Haddon told listeners Willow Talk podcast, they tend to crumble under the spotlight. We always thought deep down that they couldn't handle the big moments. When it came to those really big occasions in a World Cup, they didn't trust that they could get through. They hadn't done it. Um, they had a lot of history behind that. So we're at the business end of that tournament, but to no Australia on home soil, unfortunately. Yeah, disappointing. But moving on now, Rugby League and the World Cup, Samoa has beaten their arch-rival Tonga. Yeah, held on for a 20-18 to 18 win. There was a lot of talk about the forward packs, but the stars stars of the show, the halves pairing for Samoa, uh, Anthony Milford and Jerome Luai. Milford uh, set up two tries. Luai scored the other two. So they are through to a semi-final where they face England. Australia's got New Zealand in uh, their semi-final. New Zealand's ranked currently number one in the world. The Aussies back in fourth, but skipper James Tedesco says that means nothing to them. We see ourselves as the best, so we're going to play like that and we, we have that expectation and we put that Australian jersey on that, we, that we're going to win, so we have that confidence and it doesn't. I don't think the rankings really, really mean much to us. It's finals time in the AFL women's competition. Collingwood survived a bulldog surge to win by five points in a cracker yesterday. Eliza James booting four goals in just her 20th match. Yeah, it's an awesome feeling. Um, it was just really good to get the win today and then we We'll work pretty hard next week to try and get another win against Adelaide. Yeah, they've got the Crows at Unley Oval this weekend in a sudden death semi-final while the Tigers, Tash, host the Kangaroos at Punt Road Oval. Big week ahead. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Tash. And tributes are continuing to flow this morning for US pop star Aaron Carter, who died over the weekend, aged 34. Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys has paid tribute overnight to his younger brother, saying, quote, my heart is broken, even though my brother and I have had a complicated relationship, my love for him has never, ever faded. Nick adding, the truth is that addiction and mental illness are the real villains here. Aaron was best known as a child star in the 1990s, including his hit songs, Aaron's Party and I Want Candy. Aaron is survived by his young son, Prince. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.